Welcome back. In this week's episode, we talk about Elon Musk firing SpaceX employees after they wrote an open letter condemning him, Gavin Newsom joining Truth Social, and the Islamic backlash against Pride Month. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. So, Rody, how was your weekend? My weekend was very relaxing. Um, I just chilled at home, hung out with some friends, and, you know, read a little bit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Always fun. Uh, I actually had a very nice weekend. I went I went out for both my sh- uh, Shabbat meals, and I uh, celebrated my birthday. So that was good. All right. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting too old for this. I need to uh, stop <laughs> aging. Using... I don't know. At what point can you start using that line? I've used it for the past seven years. I've always felt <laughs> too old. I'm never like I'm an old soul. So I'm allowed to. <laughs> exactly. I, f- I identify as someone who's old. Yeah. I'm ready to retire already. Yeah. yeah. My pronouns are curmudgeon and very, very old. And if you, and if you disrespect my pronoun, what? Altercocker. Exactly. And if you disrespect my pronouns, I will get very triggered and I will sue you for reparations. So don't uh, don't try me, boy. Get and get off the sidewalk with that skateboard. (laughs) Get off my lawn. No, that's more like redneck. I'm talking about get off the sidewalk with your damn skateboard, you damn kids. That's me. So, uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's. That's how it is. Anyways, so I want to let you know, dear listener, that we love providing great content to you. However, in order to expand our ability to provide better content to you, we need your help. Please like the video, share with your friends, and smash that subscribe button. In addition, you could also hit the bell to be notified whenever there's a new episode. If you don't like YouTube, we're also available on platforms such as Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. If you want to reach out to us, you're more than welcome to do so by sliding into our DMs at the right side of the compass on Instagram or by commenting on the video on YouTube. But either way, we're here. We're listening. We put in a lot of effort into this episode, so we hope you enjoy. Anyways, let's get to the first topic today because we are talking about a lot of interesting things, and I think it's going to be a bit of a different episode. So the topic we have today, well, the first one is Elon Musk wields institutional power. As you may or may not know, Elon Musk is the CEO of uh, over uh, around a billion companies. So, (laughs) so as such, he has a lot of three. No, I think it was five. No, before Twitter, it was like SpaceX. First of all, he didn't buy Twitter yet. He didn't. No, I'm saying before he's SpaceX, Tesla, and there's like three other companies. Boring company. Oh yeah. There's like two uh, others. And then, I mean, if t- Twitter is successful, then, you know, Twitter. But how many I'm going to look up how many companies does Elon Musk own? Unless Tesla bought a lot of companies. Neuralink. There's also Neuralink. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's the Internet one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, OK. Wait, hold on a minute. So it seems here. Oh, so he has four companies. Twitter will be his fifth if he buys it. But that doesn't look like that's going to happen. But uh, so he has the boring company. He's got SpaceX, Tesla and Neuralink. And then, you know, perhaps he may buy Twitter. Perhaps he may buy TikTok. We don't know. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, oh, man, if, if if Elon Musk buys TikTok, just please delete it. Please delete TikTok. <laughs> we don't need we don't need TikTok, Elon Musk. Well, he also <laughs> said he wants to buy Coke, like Coca-Cola, so he can put the Coke back in the ingredients. That would be incredible. I would go back to drinking soda if he did that. That would be incredible. <laughs> so anyways, Elon Musk is uh, being the based meme king now that Donald Trump is off of Twitter. And so in response to this, some SpaceX employees decided to write an open letter saying that Elon Musk's behavior is embarrassing and a distraction to the company. And so, you know, this is very interesting. We've seen that Netflix kind of grew a spine against some of the woke employees. And they basically, basically Netflix said like, oh, if you want to be woke, you're more than welcome to do so, but you don't have to work here. Right. But 
SpaceX essentially just fired these people. They didn't even give them an option to like turn like to steer like to turn around or to kind of realize like oh hey this is our boss right they just like fired the people and um so now elon musk is getting flack for being anti-free speech but before we talk about that i want to say that the spacex president um what's her name i don't remember her name her name is let's just double yeah, how do you know it was elon musk that made that decision like no like because, you don't need to be the CEO to fire someone. The managers can do it. Like can make that decision. No. So with SpaceX president, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, but I know I'm not. Uh, Gwyn Shotwell. Uh, but I assume that she speaks to Elon Musk, and that Elon Musk probably said something. I have no idea. Well, listen. This is this is my conjecture. Who knows? But I assume Elon Musk at least said something because Elon Musk seems to be very like on top of his companies it's his policy that they don't unionize at spacex or and, like involved you mean yeah yeah he's involved i, I from what I, from what i gather he's very involved in his companies even if he's not managing the day-to-day -day, he's still like well this is what you got to do and this is how you run things and like he, he gives he gives his people room to move but he's not like he's not just like counting dollars he's very busy yeah yeah so, so so I assume that this was a decision that he was also involved in. And they they essentially, I think part of the reason they fired them is because of the anti-unionization clause at, you know, SpaceX. They don't want people unionizing at these companies, which fair enough. I think, I think if you work at a big corporation, you should be, the corporation should be allowed to say like, hey, we don't want unions. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's in their best interest. Why would they want a union? Yeah, it depends. Listen, some people find that unions are very useful because then they have access to the will of their employees. Whereas if they're not, then they don't. I, I don't know how to run a big corporation. I don't know. Maybe there are some people that Dafka do want to work with unions. Yeah, hopefully one day you <clears> will. I don't know. I never, ever want to be the CEO of a big corporation. I'll be the CEO of a very small corporation <laughs> with exactly one employee, namely me. Um, but I don't. In oh, I thought it was going to be like moi at the right side of the compass <laughs> oh well yeah no i suppose but i don't want it to be that big like i want it to be like a small operation because if it gets too big then it becomes corporate and stuffy and you don't want to do that especially in like the news and you know political stuff you want to be able to pivot very nicely and big corporations they move at the rate of molasses so you don't want to get there mm -hmm. that, that's the extent of what i know about business correct me if i'm wrong but that's what i found all right so uh, I, I assume that the, the, that it's part of this, but also I think it's because Elon Musk it, it understands something that the right doesn't understand, which is that the left will use our best impulses against us, right? Because there's a lot of people complaining like, oh, Elon Musk is a free speech absolutist, but then he has his company fire employees that speak out against him, right? But that's not what's really going on. What's going on is you have people who are undermining Elon Musk's free speech by essentially like shooting down what he's saying with this letter from from these SpaceX employees. And so he says like, hey, listen, you know, I can't control what other people do outside of SpaceX, but I can make sure you don't have a job. But also like what they're complaining about is kind of stupid in terms of they're just saying, hey, you're distracting SpaceX's progress by you doing all this stuff, but it doesn't really seem like that's the case because one doesn't really have to do much with the other. And also SpaceX is, you know, they're a big business. They're doing their own thing and they have contracts with NASA and, you know, all these big places. So it doesn't really seem like it would be distracting. What well, was it distracting? I mean, the workers are still working and everyone's still doing their thing. So it's, I mean, is it really affecting business that much? Are people saying, no, we don't want to work with you because of Elon Musk? I don't really think so. Oh, it's definitely not. There's th this, is, this is the work of activists working at SpaceX. There's, this is what I believe Musk said. This is what I think a lot of people are saying as well. These people, obviously, you know, th they want Elon Musk to shut up. But what they don't realize is that Elon Musk, he's not necessarily the most based conservative person, but... He's not going to be bullied into silence by a bunch of his employees. He's not like Disney, you know, he doesn't, he's not the Disney CEO. He doesn't care what his employees thinks. He knows that 
if he doesn't have these employees or dozens of kids leaving high school every year that want to work at SpaceX, that want to work at Tesla, that want to work at, you know, Neuralink and and all these other companies, the boring, the boring company, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I would want to work there. Um, (laughs) So Elon Musk knows that he's a, he's a prize, that his companies are a prize. And so he knows he could just toss these employees. They could go work somewhere else. They could work at a more woke corporation. Like I mean, also, there's a recession looming. So when there's a recession, the job market flips. Now it's the employees' uh, job market. That means there's more jobs searching for employees than the employees searching for jobs. So, but soon that might flip because we're going to a recession. Well, yeah, as corporations close because of lack of demand, there's going to be there's going to be less jobs. So, we're, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to see, we might see a lot of this. We might see a lot of companies. Maybe that's what the woke thing was about. Maybe the woke thing was about companies feeling that their employees had more leverage over them. But if maybe we go into a recession, perhaps a lot of these corporations that have been woke, they now realize like, oh, then all of a sudden they'll have all this power to tell their employees to like, hey, you know, shut up and work i don't care about your politics yeah do your job we don't care about your politics which would be an upside of the recession but it would be such a shame that that like it requires people to suffer for these corporations to not be so the only people that should care about politics is the marketing team (laughs) no i don't even i saw an interesting video by the critical drinker and if, if you haven't watched the critical drinkers content it's very very good very very good very very funny content if you want cultural commentary, very good commentary. So you should go watch the the Critical Drinker. But he basically spoke about the problem with these woke Twitter accounts. And he said that he, – he brought up the example of the Star Wars Twitter account. And he said that the Star Wars Twitter account a lot of times punches down and they get into like these – these like muddy, muddy discussions with like these much, much smaller Twitter users. And it's not proper for a company to do that. A company should be using a Twitter account to advertise new products and to show off new projects that they're working on. They shouldn't be using it to 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 beat up the little guy with their political opinions. Sorry, that's you know, and he said that that's a very good opinion. It's it's the right opinion. It is not responsible for the Disney Twitter account to shove people's po- to shove politics down your throat. We give you money to entertain us, not to have cultural hegemony over us and to use that cultural hegemony to kind of influence our politics and culture. Sorry. We didn't give you all this money so you can turn the kids gay or whatever it is that Disney's doing. So that's that's so that's an interesting thing. I don't know if it's hypocritical of Elon Musk to fire these employees because there are things that people do that take away free speech and I guess he wants to punish people for doing that. Like are they attempting to take away his free speech or is he taking away their free speech? I guess that's kind of the debate. So I actually so here's here's what I, here's the way I see it. I this is this is what I think. You can't. There's no such thing as pure free speech, right? There's always going to be a, an opinion that you're not allowed to have, right? So then we have to look at it as a as a conflict, right? So you got these. You got Elon Musk on one side, and you got these SpaceX employees on the other side. Elon Musk is saying like, I want to have free speech, right? And I want to say what I want, and I want to do what I think needs to be done. And these SpaceX employees are saying, well, well, let's, let's attack Elon Musk with this open letter. Maybe the people at SpaceX, maybe the people at Tesla will say like, we can't have these distractions. And so we're going to take Elon Musk power away from him by, I don't know, maybe like firing him. I don't know what they would even do. I don't know why they think this would work, but if they, if they're telling him to like, you know, back away a little bit from the whole like you know twitter and you know the public eye a little bit not at least tweet as much as he would or they would just tell him to step down or or they but can they do him. that but can they but they, but they can't really do that cuz these are his companies they can't really do that well he they can because they're well SpaceX the Tesla they they can because it's public okay and if it's public well there's there's like a you know there's a board okay now that's, oh, that's true so the board can can vote the 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 investors can vote uh you know if there's a majority vote they can vote for him because the c the ceo is is not just a title for the person with most shares it's an actual position 
So, you know, they can, he, like Elon Musk can still have his shares in the company. He just won't have that position. Um, is it smart for them to get rid of him? Probably not. And they probably won't do it. Um, no, I don't think they will because Elon Musk happens to be a very competent CEO as far as CEOs go. Yeah. He also happens to have a lot of cultural pull. He has a lot of cultural currency. He's very popular and everything that he touches becomes a meme, which is actually very good for companies because then, yeah. you know, people um, become interested. They invest like and we'll talk about this like in the next topic as well. But, you know, if you if you're a company with a lot of cultural buying power, your stock goes up, not because maybe the company isn't doing so well, but at the very least, people are like, oh, I want to own a share of Tesla. I want to own a share of like Disney. I want to own it like. Like there are certain stocks that people don't own because they think it's going to do well. Just they just like want it. to, yeah, they just like it. Like I own, like full disclosure, I own a piece of Nintendo stock. I don't know if Nintendo is going to do well. I don't really care. I just really like Nintendo, so I'm like, I want to own some Nintendo stock. So I bought some Nintendo stock. Yeah. So, in terms of his other companies like SpaceX and the Boring Company, those are private. I mean, look, he probably has investors in those. And I don't really know the whole politics when it comes to private. So maybe they might be able to vote him out. I don't really know, but it's probably very different than public. Yeah, but regardless, I think that um, I think that we see that Elon Musk, regardless of like the the actual like the possibilities, he seems to have very loyal like presidents, people working under him that are very loyal to him. So that gives him a lot of lateral ability to kind of say like oh i'm gonna do this and anyone who speaks out to me against me is gonna you know get the axe and that's a lot of power to have and i think it's good for him to use it honestly because so, if the left had the power to fire elon musk they would we see that they're trying to use it yeah so what do you think the pros and cons of wielding this kind of power is so like i i think it's more about so definitely the pros are you have this power to take away people's jobs and that's not for nothing. Like that's not a small deal. It's a very big deal. Right. And that's how the left has all this power because they have the power to take away your job, take away your kids, take away your family, take away your like rights. Like we've seen people who just lost everything because they said the wrong thing. Right. So Elon Musk has this power to kind of take away people's jobs. But I think like most tools, if you use it too much, it's going to break. Right. Elon Musk needs to be very careful when using this power because Elon Musk has his institutional power in his own corner, but he doesn't have the ability to cancel people. Like a king is not without his people. No, not on, Well, that's true, but not only that, it's also he doesn't have the same like power to like ruin someone's life as the left does. Because if he when he fires these SpaceX employees, guess what? They're going to go somewhere else because they worked at SpaceX. That's true. Yeah. And then it's on the resume. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, maybe there are some companies that'll be like, oh, you were uh, an activist at SpaceX, so we're not going to hire you. But there's going to be companies that that want these activists. And perhaps they're going to go and make a fancy career saying, like, oh, I fought against Elon Musk. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's a very interesting take on it. Yeah. So we're going to see. I like what Elon Musk did. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But he needs to be very careful wielding this power to fire employees like this because he can't just fire everyone at SpaceX. It doesn't work that way. Right. Cause then there won't be a SpaceX. Yeah. You're yeah. That's definitely correct. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's get to the next topic. Uh, let's talk about uh, something that I actually didn't see coming, but I was there when it happened. I saw it and I was like, Whoa, that's pretty whoa. cool. Damn. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk Damn, about it. Boy. Exactly. So let's talk about it. Gavin Newsom. Do you know what Gavin Newsom is? Uh, yes, I do. But would you like to explain for the people who don't? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Gavin Newsom is the current governor of Gal California. He was in the news fairly recently because of a recall election that happened. People wanted to get rid of him. It didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. But uh, Gavin Newsom is the Democratic governor of California. As you can imagine, he's very, very woke uh, and very, very liberal. Uh, and he decided to open a truth social account on Trump's Truth Social platform. Um, I was actually on my phone at the time when I saw the notification from Truth Social open on my phone saying, like, Gavin Newsom's opening an account. And I was kind of like, whoa, that's really cool. But let's talk about what happened. 
So last Thursday, this is this is fresh off the presses, by the way. It's only a couple days old, so we're not that late to this. Last Thursday, Governor of California Gavin Newsom opened a Truth Social account. This is Donald Trump's platform. Gavin Newsom, well, the, Gavin Newsom is using the platform to reach the Trump crowd. So he posted on Truth Social this like graph saying that like a lot of the homicides take place in red states, and he was trying to make a gun control point. Um, does Gavin Newsom have national ambitions? Probably. Probably. I he mean, does. He, he said that he made a count so he can fight against the so he can fight against the right wing you know, agenda. Right. No, but, I, but this is more about do you think he wants to run for president? Oh, I don't know. He's never really shown hints that he wants to. I think the issue is, is that both Ron DeSantis, everyone wants him to run for president. Even, even if it's not in 2024, they want him at least to run, at, if not in 2024, at least after Trump, right? Maybe give Trump another chance. Maybe don't give Trump another chance. But everyone wants Ron DeSantis to be, to be the president at some point. I don't know if there's that excitement around Gavin Newsom in the same way. That's why it's oh, hard to no. gauge this. Well, of course you don't. But like Ron DeSantis didn't indicate that he wants to run. Like we only glean these things because we kind of want Ron DeSantis to want to run, but we don't we don't know for sure if he wants to run. We know that he's preparing at some point for something, but he could very well be just happy being the governor of Florida, which perhaps would be even better, right? But with Gavin Newsom opening up a true social account, does that indicate that he wants to be on a platform where he thinks national voters are going to be? Because He's not just like getting up on the TV and like the, you know, California network and making a speech, right? He's going on Truth Social. That's a nationwide platform where, you know, people from all over the country are going to see what he has to say. And he's trying to reach Trump's base, which first of all, you know, you can say what you want about Gavin Newsom, but at the very least, he's trying to reach Trump's base. Yeah. I mean, when I was, I was reading the article. From- yeah. The ver- no, 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 they're not The Verge. That's what that last article. This is from the Deadline. Deadline. Deadline, yeah, yeah. Um, and it said, like, he got uh, the post, has, you know, at least at the time of the article said, you know, 650 likes and 250 shares. I'm like, damn, like, I, I, I guess there's also some liberals on this platform. <laughs> I don't know. He got some likes. Well, there are journos on the platform because the reality is, is that if Trump is tweeting, right? Someone needs to be there to tell the world that Trump is tweeting. So all journos are on Truth Social. That's the reality. But there was no, but that was kind of expected. We all kind of knew that if Trump is on a platform and he's saying things, the journos are going to report on it. But what I didn't see coming is Trump's political opponents using his platform to try to nail some of the the opposition, to try to like take some of the support. Well, also probably part of it is they see the direction Twitter is going. So, you know, with with the bots and you know, Elon Musk buying it, they might feel that, hey, Twitter might not be the future anymore. Right. So that's interesting because Tim Cast, uh, Tim Pool was talking on his platform about Twitter, and he said that Twitter's kind of dying. Like a lot of their big accounts don't post that much. I mean, they are kind of dying. And ever since this whole scandal with like, oh, that there might be bot like a lot more bots than they said they were. Like ever, like they're they're going down. Do you know about that? Can you explain that? Like, is can you explain what the deal with that is? What do you mean, like what's happening with it? I mean, I haven't been keeping up with it. So, so. from what I understand, like I'm going to try to explain what I know. I thought maybe you, for, I thought for a second maybe you knew more about it. Um, and correct me if there's anything I don't know. The last I saw about it, from what I understand, Elon Musk was kind of pausing his buyout of Twitter because. Essentially, they were reporting falsely that they like only 5% of their users were bots, and it could very well be much more. So we have to see, right? But I guess the point for this discussion is that Twitter, if it's just bots, then there's no one really there. Like, like it, it, it that, doesn't. And then it makes it not as valuable as they claim it to be, if that's the case. And then also that says to their advertisers that. You know, they've been, I wouldn't say scamming them, but they've been falsing advertising. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, you're actually getting, you're getting this many views for your advertisements, but you're not actually because most of those views are bots. So, right, you know. right. Cause like, I just don't like see like how many people are actually following CNN. Like, I, how many, how many of CNN's followers on Twitter are actually like 
real people and how many of them are bots. I can't imagine that that many of them are actual people. But you know what? But it's interesting because Truth Social, I signed up for Truth Social, and Truth Social, they require verification, not necessarily of your ID, but you need to have like a phone number and, a, and, a, and, a, and an email address. So it's not like you just open up an email address for five seconds and you have a Truth Social account. Like you need to have a real phone number. Which is probably good because they want to make sure you're a real person. Yeah, that's that, and and a lot of these new like alternative twitters, like I call them the alternative twitters. So you got like Parler, Getter, Truth Social, things like that. All these platforms, they typically require a little bit more verification. So, like, they're not as big platforms, but I feel like unless Twitter gets some sort of verification method, which will then have like the verification plus the just a social brand name recognition. Eventually, these new platforms will have more leverage for advertisers because the advertisers know they're reaching real people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, so we kind of miss the national ambitions thing, but I think Gavin Newsom may want to be running, may want to be running for president, if not in 2024. But that could very well be a thing because it's just who is running for president at the Democrats. It could very well end up being Gavin Newsom. So we have to keep our eyes on that. So the next question, of course, is will Newsom's message resonate with the Trump space? Um, I don't Probably not. <laughs> no. So that, that's the thing. Like as much as I respect Newsom going out and trying to reach Trump, the Trump, the Trump base, the problem is, is that truth social, there is no like people trying to get people to follow the message or whatever it is. So, Newsom is going to go, and he's going to actually have to make an argument to these people, and I don't know if he can do that. It doesn't hurt to try. No, I'm not. Listen, Gesundheit, hey, he should go try, but I'm not. I think the problem with it is that it's not just about saying free speech and, you know, approaching the other side. It's about thinking what they're going it's, to. It's, it's about debate club. It's, it's not a debate club. Have you ever done debate team? Debate club. You make it sound like fight club. Just we don't talk about league. fight club. We don't talk about fight club. Stop talking about Fight Club. Um, about debate Club, then <laughs> we we could talk about Debate Club. We can't talk about Fight Club, anyways. But if you've ever been on, de- on a debate team, you'll know that part of preparation for a debate, right? It's not just presenting your argument. It's about trying to anticipate what the what your opponent is going to say and having right. what to say about that. I don't right. know if Gavin Newsom knows that. Or maybe he does, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. What he's probably going to do, what he did, is he's probably going to say a couple talking points, hope that someone doesn't double-check this stuff, doesn't check the numbers, doesn't check his work. And it's like, oh, look, all the Republican states have more shootings, so therefore gun control, right? Like, that's what I think he's hoping to do. And it's not really, like, I don't think it's going to work. Because there's going to be other people that are going to be like, Oh, Gavin Newsom's wrong because ABC. And then I don't know if Gavin Newsom's going to be able to like counter that, you know. But who knows? Maybe who knows? Maybe he will succeed. So, um, and you know, like I obviously I don't want him to succeed, but you know, like good on him for trying, you know. And one last question: Is this the beginning of Truth Social success? I think this very well might be the reason it succeeds. It won't be because of the journals. The journals are going to be wherever Trump is opening his mouth. But Gavin Newsom being on Truth Social and trying to win over Trump supporters, that's going to that's gonna make Truth Social a very important thing over the next – That because then other people are probably going to follow. Exactly. Because it's not going to be then just Gavin Newsom. It's going to be uh, Nancy Pelosi. It's going to be, uh, I don't know, the White House. It might even be Joe Biden. Do you think Joe Biden will – <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. Think about that. Like, like Joe, Joe Biden talks about Trump like he's a devil, and then goes on his platform because he wants some extra votes. Like, that would be nuts. <laughs> and they censor him. <laughs> no, I don't think that. But that's the thing. I don't think he will be censored. That's that's what. No, I don't think he'll be censored too. I was just making a joke. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. But I, that's the thing. Like, that's honestly the smartest move for them. Like, show that they know how to like approach an argument, and maybe they'll get some votes. Although I think after like tw- they they need to lose twenty twenty two before they can get any more votes because if they don't they, they're gonna get shellacked in twenty twenty two that's what everyone's saying when it, uh, when is the voting the mid no, November twenty twenty two oh so that's coming up soon yeah sooner than you think 
it's uh, once once the summer's over around Thanksgiving time, a little before Thanksgiving, we're going to be seeing our midterms and we may have our Republican House and Senate. We don't know, but uh, fingers crossed. Anyways, but that's um, that's that's topic number two. And now let's talk about topic number three. Topic number three is a little bit different, um, but I think it's a good topic to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Pride Month and Islam. Um, all right. It's a kind of weird mix. Uh, yeah, because listen, you could <laughs> listen. I, I'm not a anyone who knows me in real life knows that I'm not a big fan of Islam. But one thing that I will never say about Islam is that it's gay. I will never say that, and there's a very good reason for that. Um, it's because a lot You'll of this- call straight couples gay, but you won't call Islam gay. <laughs> oh no! Anyone who knows me knows that I, there's nothing gayer than a, a heterosexual couple madly in love and showing it to everyone. That's very gay. But uh, <laughs> no, no, that's like the like that's the gayest thing. Like seeing like a heterosexual couple like being mushy in public. It's so gay. Um, but Islam is not gay. It's being gay is haram. And uh, as we know in in the Quran, we follow the Quran on this podcast. Um, we don't do haram things. We only do halal things. And uh, do you know what haram and halal is? I don't know. I'm assuming means like, you know, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Yeah. So halal means permitted. Correct me if I'm wrong to the, any of the Muslims listening. Halal means permitted and haram means forbidden. It's like in Hebrew, like, you know. Mutar and Asur. Yeah. Yeah, but they also, but the difference is they use halal to also refer to like halal food, but kasher means more like fit. So like something is fit for consumption, something's fit for use, right? There's not like permitted. Permitted is more like mutar. But enough with the Hebrew and Arabic lesson. Let's talk about Pride Month and Islam because this is a big topic and I think this is a, a big sticking point for the libs and they need to understand this. Right now we're in the holy month of Pride. Uh, this is this is in the liberal pantheon. This is the most important month of the year, Pride Month. And uh, as Pride Month rages on, Muslim world Muslims worldwide are expressing their distaste for all things gay. So we see that in Tel Aviv there were some Arabs taking down Pride flags. Which, um, hello, base department. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, it, no one was talking about it because it wasn't like radical Israeli settlers doing that. It was Arabs in Tel Aviv. In Tel Aviv. Yeah, this was this was so it was technically in Yafo, but Tel Aviv and Yafo is the same city. They are, but Yafo tends to be more Islamic, no? I think Yafo's the old part of the city. Like you know like there's New Jerusalem yeah, yeah, and Old yeah. Jerusalem, so Yafo's like old Tel Aviv. Like it was the Tel Aviv that was there before Tel Aviv. Yeah. Um so there's there's video footage. We of course, unfortunately we can't show it because we're we're only in we're an audio podcast. But I saw a video of Arabs uh, taking down pride flags in Tel Aviv, which was kind of insane. Um, and then in Toronto, this is actually I want to talk about this one. In Toronto, university mural portrayed two Muslim women kissing, and you know they were Muslim because they had the hijabs on, and that got backlash from the Islamic community, as you can imagine. So I want to talk about the this aspect of. Um, of cultural like appropriation and kind of uh, how do I even explain this? Like imposing Islamic views on other people. That no, you, or, you mean it's the opposite. Yeah, right, right, right the opposite. Like it, it, imposing these these very liberal beliefs on Muslims, and when Muslims say that this is not their religion, this is not the way they view the world, they kind of just brush it off. They're, they're like Muslims are very important to the liberals until they're not right. Until the Muslims say the the thing that they don't want, which is, hey, you know, I'm not really down with the pride thing. It's kind of haram where I come from. You know, we throw these people off of roofs, you know. I mean, I see where they're what they're trying to do. They're trying to show diversity in, you know, pride, which I'm sure there are Islam people that are homosexual as just as there are Jews that are homosexual. But you still wouldn't want it to be advertised. And also like you still wouldn't want to see a mural of, you know, maybe two Jews uh, kissing. I, I don't know, because in terms of the religion aspect, you know, they know, they know themselves that it's against the religion and the people who are homosexual. I'm not saying all, but some of them or majority of them tend to be le- more secular. Right. So there's several things that we need to unpack 
with what you just said, because I think we need to differentiate between Judaism as a religion and as a culture and as a people like that whole mess and then Islam, right? Because Judaism is not just a religion. You can, you can be a person who says, I don't believe in a word of Judaism, but I still identify as a Jewish person because my, my parents are Jewish and, you know, I grew up eating matzo ball soup and I grew up in synagogue and, you know, I'm, I'm not like ethnically I'm Jewish or my parents were Jewish. And so you're Jewish ethnically, culturally, even if you don't necessarily buy into the religion, which you know, I'm a religious Jew, full disclosure, so I, I'm not happy seeing that. But at the same time, that is a valid, like, that's a valid identity, right? But when it comes to Islam, Islam's purely faith-based. It's a, it's, a, it's a doctrinal religion. There is no Islamic people beyond anyone who believes in the Quran and the Shahada and, you know, all that stuff. So if you don't believe that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet, then you're not a Muslim, Right. So having these two hijabi women on this mural making out, which not just a problem because of lesbian stuff, it also happens to be an issue because they just don't believe in PDAs in Islam. Like they're not bananas about that. So having these two, like it's not considered modest, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's correct. Also. Yeah. Right. So having these two women, these women being like behaving in this manner, and then not only behaving in this manner, but behaving in this manner publicly. It offends the sensibilities of observant Muslims who are like, well, that's not what our culture teaches. Um, but also, like, I think it would be different if, let's say, you saw, like, two Jewish people, like, two people who happen to be Jewish making out versus, like, two men with yarmulkes and, you know, the fringes making out. Because then, then it becomes a religious discussion, right? Like, is it appropriate for, like, religious people to be doing that if they so-called believe in Judaism? Right. Whereas I don't necessarily begrudge anyone who just happens to be Jewish but doesn't follow the religion to like behave any way they want. Like obviously I don't condone it, but at the very least, like I understand why they would do that. Yeah, no, you're right. Because obviously if they believe in the religion, then they probably wouldn't be doing that stuff. I mean, look, actually I take that back because I do know people who are religious who are homosexual, but uh the majority isn't like that. in Judaism. That's also a lot more accepted. Accepted because there's a lot more liberal strains of Judaism, like You're, big yeah, C conservative yeah. Judaism, Reform Judaism, Reconstruction Reconstructionist Judaism. None of which I condone, but those exist, right? Liberal Islamic doctrine is few and far between. There are very very few people who subscribe to those. Also, like this is in Toronto. You're not going to like which. You can see that happening. You're not going to see this stuff, you know, in Middle Eastern countries. Wait, when you see this stuff, what do you mean by this stuff? The murals with the uh, with the uh, women wearing the hijabs uh, making out. Oh yeah, you're never going to see that in the Middle East. If someone does that in the Middle East, it will like they will. Yes, you're only going to see it in Western countries. So it's also like a different circumstance because. The university knows they could get away with it because they're in Toronto, while if they were in a Middle Eastern country, they, they would never do it, ever. Right, right. So it's interesting. And, and by the way, full disclosure, I'm not saying this because I want Muslims to start voting for Republicans. It's not what I'm trying to get at here. I'm, I'm just making – I just want to make the point that, that a lot of Democrats or lib, liberal types, they think that Republicans are very kind of closed-minded and they – they're, they're very parochial and they don't tolerate other people, whatever. But the reality is, is that the left only tolerates people insofar as they behave in the way that the left wants them to. Right. So a lot of like conservative Christians, and by the way, I'm not a conservative Christian. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm looking at this issue the same way, which is to say that I happen not to like Islam, but I understand why Muslims would be offended by this. And they understand why maybe not trying to shove your beliefs down the you know the muslims throats that's probably for the best yeah because if you're a secular person yeah and you're you're trying to promote pride you know who are you to tell like you're not part of the faith so who are you to tell you know us what we should and shouldn't do Right, but that's the thing about pride because it it is another religion. They just don't want to admit it, right? It gets it it has the that's the thing about pride, right? Because pride is like this alternative religion. 
but they don't admit it. So then they get to go and start proselytizing and telling people about the, 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 they, the gospel, essentially the gospel of their faith, but no one calls it that. And no one treats it as such. Right. But the Muslims actually, to their credit, they recognize this stuff. This is another religion and they're behaving like it. So like, so then the question becomes, I'm not a Christian. I can't speak for Protestants or Catholics or evangelicals or whatever it is, right? I can't speak for them, but I can speak for Jews, right? I, I don't, and when I say speak for Jews, I don't mean that my opinion is somehow like better than anyone else's opinion, but more like this is my community, so maybe I have what to say about it. Perhaps the Orthodox Jewish community should be a little bit more like the Islamic community in this regard, where we should recognize that these things are a foreign religion and we should treat it as such and not try to be looking for ways to integrate it into our our religion. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw during when when Roe v. Wade was in danger of being overturned, or it still is, I suppose, but when that announcement was made, one of the rabbinical schools, the so-called open Orthodox one, uh... What's the name of that school? Chovavei um, Torah, right? That's in Riverdale. They went and they they protest. They went all the way to Washington D.C. to let everyone know that Judaism is pro-abortion, despite the fact that that's not really true. Um, if you look at the sources, the sources seem to say they seem to be on par with Catholic doctrine, just not in the same like language. But practically speaking, it should look the same way. If not exactly the same, practically the same way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there is a. By the way, there is a point in 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 the birth where we don't even save the mother's life. Like once the baby is starting to leave the womb, the mother's life can be forfeit at that point. At that point, we don't even like because a lot of people would be like, "Oh, Judaism values the life of the mother." And yes, that is true. But number one, I've heard that most ma mainstream Christians also kind of believe that. Um, but also there is a point in the pregnancy where we don't believe that. Like so if the if the mother is currently in labor and the baby's head is already out, like at that point like the baby's alive and we don't say like, "Oh, the mother's life is more important than the baby's." I mean, if well, because if the the baby's already out, then there's nothing to sacrifice. So if that's the case, then you'll try to save both. Right, but the argument in in Jewish sources, this is going to get a bit esoteric, so just bear with me here. Um, the argument in Jewish circles is that if the baby's in the mom's, you know, womb, right? If the baby's in the womb, then if the pregnancy is causing the woman to go through like a danger, like to be in danger, then we consider it as if the baby's trying to kill the mother. And, you know, we, we use the principle of like, if someone's trying to kill you, you kill them first. Right. Um, but once the baby's out, you know, we don't treat it that way, which is kind of an interesting thing because even if the baby's currently being born, if the pregnancy itself is causing the mother to die, you might think like, oh, um, we might, you know, we might use the same principle, but that's just not the case. And that's how I learned it. Right. And it's, there's a bunch of laws around it. Essentially abortion is not the free for all that the libs want you to think it is in Judaism. It just really isn't. Um, and I, I hate when people say that it just really bothers me because even the more liberal opinions in Judaism at about, about abortion, if they follow the sources, it's more like you go to the hospital and if the mother is very clearly insane, then maybe like, but we don't do it just cause like, Oh, the mom had a bad night one night. It's like, oops, the condom didn't work. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, like you laugh, but it just, it's very, very sad that I have to sit there and explain like, there's no way that my religion that came from Sinai, right? There's no way that God would be like, Oh yeah. You know, but if you, if you have a one night stand and you don't really want to have the baby, you could kill it. That's okay. Like totally cool. Like, no, that's, that's just wrong. But there was also no, no concept of it also. What do you mean? Back then. Uh, yes and no. But I'm not going to get into that because that's a big discussion. And that and that's not really the, the point of the discussion. The point of the discussion is, is I see a lot of Orthodox people, not, maybe not the rabbis. I mean, like I don't like I've never done a, a study on this. I've just seen it in my own life. I've seen a lot of Orthodox people try to bend Judaism to be more liberal. Right. But in reality, perhaps we should have more of a the same. We should get that back condition that the Islamic community has and we should start standing up for our religion and start saying like, oh, you want to impose 
liberalism on Judaism over my dead body, right? Yeah, but like you said, unfortunately, a lot of Jews just, you know, are more liberal and on the forefront of it. Yeah, you're right. But I, I wish I wish there was more activism in the Orthodox community trying to push back against the liberalism, trying to say like, hey, listen, you know, what the reform do and what the conservative putting aside whether, you know, it's right or wrong, you know, for the religion, because like, like for me, you know, if they want to do it, they can do it. I'm not going to stop them. But like, I just don't think it should be advertised in like a mural in that way. No, that I, that I definitely agree. Also, no, that I definitely agree. I think like the 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 real like if I was Muslim, it would be the mural that would be the problem, right? Because like yes, there would be obviously the issues in Islamic law about homosexuality and this that, but the the thing that would really bother me is seeing the libs kind of use my religion to kind of push diversity, but they don't accept the fact that I don't like this. Like yeah. they, they don't really, they don't really respect me. They're just kind of like coming out and saying like, "Oh, see, these Muslims are gay too," but the Muslims are not gay. Are They're you? respecting the minority, not the majority. What do you mean? Like the like, how many you know people who are Islamic are actually homosexual and actually believe in that? Probably very, very few um, compared to the majority of the religion. Right. I think the religion is pretty and conservative. So, like, they think like, hey, they're promoting pride and, you know, they look, part of it is like, look, it's 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 also a marketing, uh, you know, uh, thing where it's like, you know, oh, well, if we show a mural of all these different religions, all these different people, it's like, you know, you know, we'll make you feel safe if you come to this university, you know, stuff like that, because we accept everyone. But they are not they're like, it's also like, uh, like, the whole thing about marketing about Pride Month and they're trying to these companies and these universities are trying to market to a audience that is not the my is not the majority. They want their business or they want because in the end of the day it's a business university. They want people to come to their schools. And if they show that, hey, we are diverse, it doesn't matter what religion you are, what sexuality you are, this, that, you know, you could identify as whatever thing you want. Uh, and we'll accept you because so they want that business and they want that minority of people who are like that to join their university. Um, but they have to remember that, well, hey, there's a majority of people that you are not taking into account. <laughs> right, because that's the thing about liberalism. It doesn't respect other cultures. It pretends to respect other cultures. It only respects them insofar as those cultures are useful to liberalism. If liberalism can use Islam as a wedge against American society, it's happy to do so, but it won't then respect Islam's opinions on homosexuality, on uh, sex before marriage, on relationships between men and women more broadly, like things like that. They won't respect that. They'll still be like very liberal about it. Like, do, do you? I was watching Miss Marvel, the new Disney Plus show uh, about the Muslim woman who becomes like the little Captain Marvel. So as you can imagine, it's not very good. But one of the things I saw was that they wanted to use Islam as a backdrop to this like superhero because the superhero is Pakistani, and so she's Muslim, right? And her whole family is Muslim. But they don't take the side. They don't. They don't. Even if they don't want to take the side of like the the elders who who like who are much more conservative, they don't even respect their opinion. Yeah, they don't respect their opinion. So, like, they had like the one of the Muslim girls who's like a teenager, by the way. She was running for the the mosque board. This is in the second episode. I hope I'm not spoiling it to the two people who are watching and I hope I'm not spoiling it for you. Um, but she was running for the mosque board against all these older Muslim men. And it doesn't like, and they basically had her guilt. One of the older fathers into voting for her. Like that's not, that wouldn't happen in a real mosque. Like if, if, if a kid like that wanted to run the mosque, the older men would be like, what are you doing? This is our mosque. You have to earn that. You have to earn the right to dictate things in the community. You're still in high school. Sit back down. And it doesn't even have to do with being a woman. It has to do with being a child. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what goes into running a mosque. So me, you know, me neither. I don't, I'm not, I'm not presuming that I do. I'm just saying that like, if that were happen, if, if I were a Muslim man and I saw a teenage girl running to be like on the board of the mosque, like, I would you're be just starting upset. your life. Like what the hell are you doing? You're not even out of high school. Relax. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> no, like, seriously. Like that's so disrespectful. Go hang out with your friends. <laughs> you know, sir. Yes. Go hang out with your friends. It's so, and they like, they portray the Muslim community as like this closed off, like, you know, they don't show the other side of having a more insular community, which is that you have more control over your kids, your your tighter knit families. They don't really, they don't really. I, in my opinion, the Disney Plus show Miss Marvel doesn't give Islamic culture the credit it deserves. It treats it very much as we see that there's this culture of brown people. We like brown people, but the brown people are not sufficiently wrong the brown people are wrong so we're going to tell the brown people that they're not allowed to not want their kids to do certain things yeah uh that's what it sounds like yeah so i watched it i i don't i don't expect you to watch it i don't expect you to punish yourself um but that's what i noticed and i think a lot of people are going to see that i think a lot of the muslim i think i even saw an article where miss marvel was being panned by muslims for not respecting their culture and I just wish the Orthodox Jewish community was had just a fraction of this backbone, a fraction. So they, they I don't even want to go and get involved they, in the politics. As sometimes an they do. I mean, just sorry to cut in, but like, sorry, sometimes they do, but I feel like for like the wrong things, <laughs> they or no, things are not as important as it should be. But I think like the social issues are more important than the financial issues, in my opinion. Like I don't want to see like if I had to choose, I would prefer the Orthodox community get involved in making sure that like New York is not covered in rainbow flags all the time. Like it doesn't need to be. I'm sorry. There's like how many Jews live in Brooklyn? Why is that place covered in like I'm sorry, and they're not like liberal Jews? Like the most conservative retrograde forces in all of Judaism live in Brooklyn, right? So why are there pride flags everywhere? I don't know. <laughs> right. So so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I like listen, for every one rabbi who who like says his piece, there's a bunch more who either shut up or even God forbid agree with these people. And I, I just wish maybe we should like, you know, I, listen, my personal opinion is that if Islam were relegated to the moon, I would still be a bit concerned, but uh, at the very least, like let's borrow some of that Islamic backbone cuz uh I think they know what they're doing over there in uh, the Uma, as it were. Anyways, so anyways, so I think that's uh, that's all we have to say. We could talk about this topic for hours, but like, I, there's just not enough time, unfortunately. So with that in mind, I think it's time to end the show for today. So Yeah, so uh, that's our show. Thank you for joining us this week. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and you can listen to all of our recordings on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure to uh, like, follow, subscribe, share it with your friends. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Bye.